Welcome to Parents' Rights Now, a production of Parents' Rights in Education, hosted by Suzanne Gallagher. We are committed to valuing students, empowering parents, and supporting communities to secure great educations for public school children in America. PRE welcomes all students, families, and community members who care about scholastic success for K-12 public school students. Our membership is diverse and inclusive. Visit our website, parentsrightsined.org, and like us on Facebook. Our chapters include Arizona, Alaska, Colorado, Idaho, Illinois, Montana, Ohio, Oregon, Texas, Washington, and Wisconsin. Join us by filling out the form on our website titled, Join Us. You will find information regarding issues and information about local and state chapters. Hey, it's great to be back again. Whoa, that was quite an episode last time, wasn't it? About the teachers, because we hear uh, we hear from teachers not nearly to the level that we should be. And we know that there are a lot of great teachers uh, who are in our public schools now, and they are frustrated uh, to the point of thinking about changing occupations. So I'm going to continue with this this um, survey that was taken in the Tiger Tualatin School District. Actually, the data was collected by the union, the teachers union in that school district. And there were, um, oh, right around uh, 500, a few less than 500 who actually answered the survey. So, of course, we know that not all the teachers are answering the survey, only those who um, seem to have um, frustrations with the current situation. So the next category that I want to share with you has to do with student behavior and student needs. This is fascinating to me because I remember school being uh, very organized. People knew how they were to behave. And if they got out of line, they had to be corrected. Their parents were contacted. And usually there was a <clears throat> an interview with the parent and the, and the student to determine the best course of action. Yeah, you knew that if you were in trouble, you would probably be in somebody's office. Responsibility for uh, for correction and um, and communication fell at the foot of the vice principal. So this is what the teachers are saying: halls are out of control, kids are running the school, vandalism, fights, hate speech, and these are all supposed to be managed by teachers. Teachers had to zip the seats to keep them from flying. In other words, kids are picking up their chairs and throwing them. Other kids look to the teacher to see how we react. We can't react. Other kids see that and try the behaviors. Full-on tantrum, crying, yelling, handing him 10 pieces of candy while that happens. We're giving rewards for poor behavior, literally getting rewarded a treat, time with an adult, kick a ball in the hallway, etc. Student behavior and lack of consequences and follow through by an administration are a huge problem. High school teachers are getting no support. Halls are out of control. 
kids are running the school, vandalism, fights, hate speech, and these are all supposed to be managed by teachers. Extreme acts of destruction, especially the bathrooms, language, and other disrespectful behaviors are rampant in halls and classrooms. Concern is the expectation that we work on relationships with the students as the solution. That's restorative justice, guys. Members believe this is important and necessary, but relationship building won't work in discontinuing the unwanted behavior unless it is paired with consequences. Additionally, restorative justice measures won't work if a member has no relationship with the student that is not in their classroom, but with whom they are trying to enforce expectations of kindness. By the way, the restorative justice approach comes straight from Black Lives Matter. I didn't know they were actually applying it when it comes to discipline in the school. Now we go to student needs. These are the responses. Students are afraid and being affected by the behavior of other students. Fights, name-calling, appearance of no consequences or even responses. A student's being called names on the buses. Parents are calling and emailing counselors regarding their children being afraid to go in the halls or into the bathroom. Masks are causing a sense of anonymity. People treat people badly online because they can't see each other. There is more disrespect. Kids literally run into people when they have on a mask and a hood. This is a consequence of doing in-person with mask wearing. There is a general feeling of zero support for holding students accountable and responsible for their actions. Having a morning meeting to address the problem behavior of a few will only fall on deaf ears. The impacts of what has happened have really been coming up in varied, unpredictable ways and at strange times with the students. They don't think they have been as impacted as they have, but they are far behind where they should be in terms of maturity and their capacity for stress is greatly diminished in comparison to past years. So they break down much faster, which makes regular progress hard. I am constantly having to reassess what I am doing in my lessons and alter plans constantly. Everyone keeps talking about how far behind the kids are and how it's going to take a long time to catch them up. But as far as the expectations on us, meaning the teachers, for sticking to pacing guidelines and grading all standards and differentiating more than ever before, it's business as usual. It's a hollow acknowledgement of the burden that we face if we're still expected to get the kids to the same place by the end of the year. Most of them are struggling just to be students again, let alone get regular learning accomplished, let alone make up the multiple grade level gap 
they're coming to us with. Then the teachers made comments about their meetings because they're asked to attend multiple meetings throughout the week. So this is what some of them say. Due to the academic and social-emotional regression of students during the pandemic, there is so much ground we have to make up with planning and prep time never being sufficient. Constant emails, requesting meetings during my prep, regularly scheduled meetings, i.e. weekly, monthly, etc. No time left to help students. Micromanaging our time during meetings is patronizing. If the teacher input is needed or wanted and truly valued, that is one thing. However, if a decision has already been made for intents and purposes, please don't waste my time. I've got plenty of work to do to meet all the students where they are. I feel like our time is not used wisely. For example, we have circle time at the beginning of each staff meeting. What's circle time? Go around the circle? Um, pass a peace pipe? <laughs> I don't know. And, and this teacher states that's 15 to 20 minutes of wasted time. Then there isn't enough time for staff meetings so random stuff doesn't get addressed or it's sent out in an email. Let's use our time wisely, not wastefully. Then, of course, there's a lot of feedback on um, special um, ed. After working in two, in two other school districts before coming to TTSD, I'm appalled by the lack of communication, support, and guidance from our special services. It feels like no one is sailing the ship. And if a parent complains, we specialists and teachers are the ones to be blamed. This is not just a pandemic issue. This has been an issue since I started this district four years ago. Being a special education teacher is always hard, but being surrounded by staff, always upset, crying, etc., it's especially difficult. I see our newer teachers drowning as I am. I also see some of our older teachers who are paid the most only teaching one prep while newer teachers are teaching three. That is not, she uses the term equity. Another teacher says, oh, our district is saving a lot of money by not having any special ed programs. I'm baffled as to where the money is going. There is no reason why we can't hire more LSAs to support our kids, especially if we are saying we are a full inclusion district. Then we need to support it. And the last comment, as a special ed teacher, I teach four different preps, have a caseload of students that need more support than ever, plus service an additional 25 students on IEPs who others case manage. So need to write progress reports and attend those IEP meetings as well. On top of those duties, we are being told that it is our responsibility to do synchronous learning with students when they are out on quarantine. Now we think those quarantines are really unnecessary because with the variant being the main issue these days, they're not getting that sick. The, the symptoms are less than the common cold. Okay, so I'm, now I'm going to move on to technology. I don't want you to go to sleep here, all right? <laughs> They're not very happy about technology either. 
We've been asked to do so much more this year. Continue using Canvas, which is a platform which is not family friendly. This requires a lot of extra communication to families, support students at home through email and Canvas messaging when they are quarantined. Again, they don't need to be quarantined. Provide classwork in any way that is doable for students from home that may be different from what is happening in the class. All the while, students can ignore it and be excused. So why the extra work for us? I don't really know what Canvas is, but I'd, I'd drop it. The next category in this uh, survey of teachers is asking them if they're currently considering taking a leave of absence or resigning. And 74.7% say they're not considering a leave of absence, probably because they, they can't afford it. Um, but then you go to resigning, and out of 482 responses, 30% say, yes, they're considering resigning. Wow. That's a lot. One third of your workforce wants to take a hike? Are you currently considering retiring sooner than you would than you previously planned? Well, some people are doing that. Um, actually, 20% say yes. So if you're close to retirement, you probably want to just stick it out and get, you know, get your full retirement. That's what I'm hearing from teachers. Now, leave of absences. These are some of the comments that the teachers are making. I actually am considering it. This year, 20 for me. And the first time I have actually considered or looked into taking a leave, doing something else altogether. This teacher says, I am currently planning to take a leave of absence and evaluate the possibility of retiring. I never intended to leave teaching this early, but it is too frustrating. Hearing talk about equity and going to meetings, listening to others talk about equity while watching inequitable practices taking place all around. <laughs> that's, that's a good comment. Actually, they're not really talking about equity, are they? Or, or equality, they're talking about equity, which is completely different. Um, this person says, I'm actually considering a different career. This one says, no, but this is the first time in 19 years that I have said out loud that I wish I could quit my job. So see, they're trapped in the job because the benefits are so great. So they keep them there until retirement. Is that the kind of teacher we want in front of the classroom? And there are many more comments like this, such as, I love my students, but I'm too tired to sustain this level of work and stress. It isn't worth my health. The pace of studying and stressing is not sustainable. Take one thing off my plate, please. Stop sending us emails about iReady trainings and being a team leader. Get rid of Twig for the rest of this year and go back to our old science materials until June. They asked, would you recommend teaching as a career? Out of 461 responses, 64, almost 65% said, no, I would not recommend teaching as a career. That says a lot. Okay, so what does this all mean? Why did I even tell you about this? Well, because something's, something's up. Something's not right. Something doesn't make sense. Think about all the money that has been distributed to the public school systems all across this country in three 
different waves by the Biden administration. And the, the most recent wave was the biggest. In the state of Oregon, it was over $2 billion. In larger states, billions of dollars funneled into the public school system. There's also something else that's going on. And because our time is up today, um, I'm going to save this for our next get-together. And I may just do an extra podcast because I know you're going to be on the edge of your seat. Um, where I'm also coming out with a news alert um, with links and 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 other collateral so that you can do a deep dive into it. Something's up. And I have my analysis, my thoughts about it. But I just get the impression just on this one topic alone, regarding the teachers and their dissatisfaction. If all this money is coming into the States, where's it going? Why aren't they hiring more people to help these teachers that they've contracted with? Why aren't they bringing in more support staff? Why are they continuing, in the state of Oregon especially, why are they continuing to require that students wear masks? Why are they still doing all that? We'll talk about it next time. This is Parents' Rights Now. Oh, and please check your show notes. We have a link to a brief questionnaire. We'd really uh, love to have you fill out. You could help us out a lot if you would do that. Uh, Give us some feedback about what you think about pre. Oh, and one last thing. It would be so, so great if you could help us out financially as well. Um, You know, we have ongoing expenses every month and we're growing, growing like crazy. And uh, we do give assistance to all of our chapters. They can uh, ask people in their various states to contribute. So you might want to consider that if there is a chapter in your state, uh, you can indicate that you prefer for the money to go directly to the state. And Pre keeps 20% of that and 80% goes to the chapters to help them with their expenses for printing, etc. A lot of them are putting on events and we encourage them to do that. And so this helps them to grow and to take action. And um, anyway, just go to the donate page on our website, parentsrightsined.org. Thanks so much.